0: The Four Horsemen. What you have here is the Four Horsemen, united, live and exciting color. Um, not those Four Horsemen. (laughs) These Four Horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior.
1: Are you stupid?
0: Now, here's Dennis Thurman, Adam Black, Benjamin Kerfman, and (laughs) Derek McCarson. The Four
2: Horsemen. Horseman.
0: Well, let's go uh down the rabbit hole again as for this episode of the Four Horsemen podcast um our, our regular contributors are here uh along with uh, our special guest still Mr. Christy Step. How um, many weeks has he been behind yeah, us? He keeps coming back. It's kind of weird. Um <laughs> But I'm um, sure he's not a clone. Yeah. Oh, well, oh we're getting there. We're <laughs> getting Segway. ready to dive into the rabbit some hole. Some people would say he's a genetically
1: modified version of me. <laughs> yes,
0: Amen. But um, but tonight's episode is one of those very difficult topics, and and some we hope to make you aware of some of this new technology. We're going to stay on this technology kick, and tonight we're going or this episode we're going to be talking about something that is known as genetic modification. And if you do any research, you begin to dig into this, uh, one of the leading, I, I guess it's a procedure is known as CRISPR and, uh, you can look it up yourself, C R I S P R. There's plenty of videos and, and reading up on this technology, but in, without going deep into science, because I'm not a scientist and I would butcher all the words, The basic premise is that they believe, and they're already beginning to accomplish it, uh, the sense that to be able to modify your DNA uh, to eradicate such things as diseases, um, you know, um, Alzheimer's disease, um, uh, Down syndrome, these genetic uh, defects, uh, they believe that in the future, that they will be able to eradicate, uh, these issues. And so I want to take this one bite at a time and I don't want to jump too far because you can see where this rabbit hole is going to take us, but I want to begin there. Okay. I want to begin there on the idea of curing, uh, these diseases and disabilities, uh, and things of that nature. So I want to begin there. What do you guys think about that?
3: Well, I would say that's where it begins. Right, that's, that's where it begins, that's, and that's
0: where we're beginning, and we're going to get down the rabbit hole. I would say in that. that's
3: where it starts, and that's how you introduce it to a society, as you say, "Hey, this is a treatment that is like a magic pill that will help us get rid of HIV and cancer, and um, you know, genetic things that have been passed down." Yep. And but is that is that a good you, thing? Why wouldn't right. you want this if right. you can be cancer free or Uh, alzheimer free or have um these things done to your dna to to make you a healthier person because that's how you're going to see it introduced is is health care or or life enhancement
0: right so what is y'all's thoughts on just the cure aspect of it Um, i know there's some things um with some forms of cancer they've already begun uh like uh, uh my mind just went blank the um, immune therapy, it's, it's somewhat of the same thing in which it's training your body and retraining your body to, um, sustain cancer. I would say it doesn't really kill cancer, but it kind of su- keeps it sustained from my understanding of it. Um, so, so do we think that that is a good thing?
4: Well, having been in a family that has been heartbroken because of cancer and our little granddaughter that died from it. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a, a horrible disease and that if something can be done, uh, if DNA could be modified in some way to cause that immune system to attack
0: that, that cancer, it would, I'm just being right.
4: honest. It'd be very difficult for me to say, no, we don't need to go there. Right.
0: Right. And see, that was the discussion that my wife and I had last night. For example, and this is, this is what we discussed. And, and this is kind of that thought process. So let's say that you have a child with Down syndrome and the child's born, let's say the kid's 10, 10 to 12 years old. And you were able to basically find the, the, the doctors were able to find the, the, the problem, the defect in the DNA and would basically correct the Down syndrome. Would you do it?
4: <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Well, and again, I'm, I don't be the only one talking here, but I'm thinking through, you know, let's suppose this is detected in in, in the womb, and the first recourse that many people run to is to have an abortion. abortion. And now we're talking about providing a technology that would give people an incentive to actually keep that child right. instead of aborting it. I mean, we're pro life, aren't we? Right. I, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Right.
1: I, I'm all for the use of it for for medicinal purposes. Right. So, so the way that I kind of my fundamental philosophy of medicine is exercising dominion over the earth. So if we are given authority by God as humans to exercise dominion over the earth and a disease and illness is a part of the curse of sin, then part of the way that we fight back against that curse of sin is through medicine, right? which is why God provides medicine and things like that. That's why he gives us plants and things like that, that, that can heal us, that can, help us overcome sickness and different things like that. And that when we use those things, we can actually bring him glory in using those things because we are uh, in some small way uh, reversing the curse by doing that. So um, in the case of, of CRISPR um, so for instance, with cancer uh, cancer is essentially mutated cells. And so what CRISPR does is it goes in and it actually, corrects the mutation on a genetic level and causes those cells to no longer be mutated, which is essentially cures cancer. So you can do that with cancer. You can do it with uh, birth defects. You can do it with HIV. You can do it with all kinds of things. Um, you can do it so that uh, people, uh, when they get an organ transplanted, their body doesn't reject the organ. You know, To me, all of those things are good things that would actually glorify God used in the proper context because they are um, creating Health and wellness, um, even though that's temporary, I still think that it brings glory to God in the sense that the reason why those illnesses and things are coming is because of the effects of sin. And so, anytime we are able to reverse the effects of sin, I think that's a good thing.
0: Well, that's we're going to go down that rabbit hole in just a minute. But, um, like with the discussion with Tabitha last night, you know, her big thing was, you know, that with the Down syndrome kid. That, you know, that's who they are, you know, and it's, it's, you know, special creation. Right. And that was her, that was her mindset. She said, it would be tough. Like I understand catching it early on, but from, uh, but from a later on in life, she's like, I don't know. I don't know
1: because that's, that's who they are. It, it's a hard question. It, same thing. What, what about a person who's deaf or blind? You know, are you somehow implying that they're less of a person because
0: right. they
4: have that disability? God told Moses he made them, but I would right. think,
0: but I would think I could be wrong, but, but someone who was blind and had been blind and they had that ability, I think they would probably try.
1: Well, it depends. You know, we've got a, a blind man in our congregation, a member of our congregation. And, uh, one of the things that he points out is that the very first person that he will ever see in his life is Christ. Hmm. Wow. That's the very first person he'll ever see. And that's pretty mind blowing to to <laughs> think about that. You yeah. Know? And, and
2: he does it. I mean, and in, in obviously, cause we wouldn't, he's like, he doesn't view it as a hindrance or a disability in his life. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't born blind. He was, he was blinded after birth uh, due to a, uh, basically a medical accident. Um, but he's, you know, he can't remember ever seeing cause he was only a few months old when it happened. Um, but we've had that conversation several times, and and I honestly, it's like he had, he doesn't have any desire to see, right? You know, it's just that there's nothing in him that that wants that. That's
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. But I go ahead.
4: I was gonna say we live in a fallen world, and and I agree. You know, we're about reversing the curse, but again, do we do we cross a line out there somewhere in in some of these scenarios that that we're hmm. trying to build that utopia? We're playing God. We're saying that in this current depraved world, that we would be in a better situation if we eliminated Down let, syndrome. Let,
0: let's let's get down the rabbit hole because, because I heard I heard one of the guys that was talking about this. Um, he he was talking about that within 30 years. I want y'all to listen to this, uh, kids. Turn off the radios. That within 30 years, that it will be immoral to conceive a child via sex because he said that with this technology that basically all children will be test tube babies and that they'll be able to they'll be able to test the genetics early on and find any flaws if you you have a a disposi- uh, possibility of alzheimers they can get rid of that if there's a possibility of cancer they can get rid of that he he says that they'll be able to eradicate all these genetic flaws in the genes in the embryo from the start and so he said that people who who conceive children through sex will be doing so immorally because they won't be thinking about their child and and so let's that's go like down Gattaca, that rabbit hole the movie Gattaca, i was gonna is, say the same, same thing, thing like yeah that. yeah but he that's that's what he says will happen so let's go well, down, down the that, fun rabbit hole. Of that? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that because you just mentioned that line and, and Terry Holifield that used to be on the podcast, he and I talked about today. And his, his big – he he loves this – the idea of this stuff. But he said the thing that he's completely against is so much of the the studies is done on embryonic uh, stem cells and stuff like that. So, you know, they're killing humans to do this. Like
1: I said, I, I think it's like any technology. I think there are uses for it that are very good and can bring God glory. But it can definitely be misused.
0: But he the, – the guy was even talking about designer kids. Mm-hmm. She'll be able to – what hair color, eye color, um, that type of thing. So Hitler's which,
4: dream uh, realized. But here's the question: mm-hmm.
0: Where does that line get drawn? Because that technology is coming.
4: Well, like,
1: so I'm in a situation now with uh, one of my daughters. She has a growth hormone deficiency, so um, her body doesn't produce enough growth hormone. And um, after talking with the doctor and running tests. Basically, the doctor says at this point, um, if she receives no treatment, she's producing enough that she will be healthy in the sense that she's not going to have like heart problems or anything like that, but that she's going to be extremely small and that by undergoing some treatments, we can help her develop normally. Right. So if someone were to say, hey, if we could use CRISPR and it was like. Ninety-nine percent chance that it's go- that it's not going to cause any side effects, and we could do that in the womb to ensure that her body would produce enough grow- growth hormone when she was older. Would I do it?
4: Right.
0: I think, and that's. that's I, I think the there's of, a pretty good chance that but, I
1: probably. But would. how
4: do you know that there won't be? side effects i mean you don't
1: know that with any medication that we still take medication i mean i don't know i don't know if ibuprofen is going to kill me or not it's true
4: we're talking about something just a little bit more radical yeah but i'm i'm
1: saying with uh, i mean right now the numbers i looked at today i think some of the tests were like running in like the 80th percentile so like 85 86 percent accuracy that's not really high enough for me to use that on one of my own kids. You know what I mean? Unless it was just something like they're going to terminate and die if you don't do this. Now, if I had a child and they said, Hey, they've got this genetic defect and they're never going to make it out of the womb. But if we modify their genome, they might be able to, to actually develop properly and be born. To me, that would be a great thing, you know, to do something like that. Uh,
0: for me personally, I, as I've thought about this uh, I'm with you that if, if we, if they could do some tests and they could say, Hey, there's a, there's a possibility of Alzheimer's. There's a possibility of this. There's a possibility of these things. And we can, we can fix that. I would, I would do it now where I think the line is drawn is the blonde
2: hair, blue eyes, the Frankenstein kids. Right. Um,
4: why, why, why do you draw the line? I think
2: that's the problem is like, you know what we're because t- you started talking about the things that God has given us, you know, medicinal wise, and I think you're, those are really two different things because medicine's not actually genetically modifying anything; it's treating symptoms and and adjusting things in the body. Whereas what we're talking about here is is genetic modification, of, playing God, in, of, in other words, of who we are as human beings. And 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 I know it's like there's a lot of things where, as parents, we would look at that and we'd think, "Oh, well, if they could promise me that my kids wouldn't have this or this, it would be that temptation there." But I think the problem is, is you can't draw that line. You can't draw a line and say, "Okay, we're okay with genetically modifying these things in order to solve this," but not for somebody to, to say that they want a blonde-haired, you know, green-eyed baby. You know, it's like you know we can say it, but I don't think that there's an argument that we can stand upon if you if you open that door. Well, so, I think why, it's so a-
1: why would it be morally wrong to do that if you said, "Hey, I really want my kid to have red hair"?
0: For me, it's when in that situation I would be the the health is their well being. Right? The blonde hair blue eye is not their well being. That's my preference on what I want that child to be. That to me is wrong, right? Because that child is not being who who got credit, I think the defects, like you said, the, the the turning back the I forgot how you worded it.
1: But Hitler would say that a child with brown eyes has
0: a defect. Right, but but even the the methodology is completely different. Right.
4: But, but, but what, if you, what if you find that certain genetic characteristics, physical characteristics, are superior in terms of the development of a person's intellect, their physical capacity or whatever, and basically like breeding a dog, you, you can put all of that together to make this, this superhuman, then, then why would you not choose to do that? Because that would be for the benefit of the child and what right. they're going to become, right? I
0: think that's tough.
4: They could run faster. They could jump higher. They could endure. They they'd be smarter in what they do. I mean, why, why well, you- I
1: think we can all agree that if that process required the termination of something else, right? Absolutely. So, if, so for instance, like in like in in vitro fertilization, where you're developing multiple embryos, but you're not actually going to implant all of those embryos into a couple that's infertile you're essentially choosing one life and then terminating the rest. I think if somebody came to me and said, Hey, listen, we can make you one really good kid, but it's going to take like four to make it. I, I think we can all agree. We would probably not do that, but we're talking about, right. If like you said, a test tube baby of we can eliminate all these things. We can also give you all these kind of traits, you know, like a, like a designer dog, like you were saying, Dennis, you know, as far as uh, selective breeding and that kind of stuff, you know that is eugenics, but the question is 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 where is where does eugenics become inherently so, evil? Yeah,
0: because because again I go back to, and we just talked about it. If I knew that if they could find a way, and I don't know that the technology will ever get there, they're saying it could. But you know if 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 there was a technology that said your child will never your child will not die of cancer. Sign me up. But personally, I
4: believe eugenics is evil from the get-go. I mean, from the when it's like Pandora's box. When you open it, mm-hmm. there's no end to it. So, so how why, do we? So why well, make, but, make your make your moral argument for that? My my argument is the same thing when we was talking about transhumanism. It is it is playing God. It is taking human life, and you're trying to manipulate it to circumvent uh, God. You're trying to to design that creation according to your plans, your specifications, your standards, rather than than God's standards. And and it's, to me, another Tower of Babel
2: situation. Well, the ultimate thing is, it's like no matter how far science progresses, they can't make those promises. You know, they may say, we can design this perfect child that will never get cancer, but who's ultimately in control?
4: Who decides the, that yeah, standard, right? Yeah,
2: but yeah, but God's ultimately in control. It's like it doesn't matter. Science can can develop all these things that they think are perfect, and God's still going to do what God desires to do, right? You know, and it's like, and and as horrible as we think, and as horrible as we know that cancer is, we still have to understand that God allows those things to happen for His ultimate purposes, even though we don't understand what they are. It's just like with Alzheimer's or any of those things. It's like, and it's like, I think science can develop to a certain point, but ultimately God's still sovereign and on the throne. And so we have to go back. Is like if we believe that and that's true, then what's the purpose of even dabbling in those things? But I think it works. If both. If there's a danger. Right. There. But I also
0: think it works both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like God's completely in control. So if I pursue the eradication of Alzheimer's, God's still in control. Well, or or the question is
1: this: Okay, how do you not go to the other extreme of? I'm not going to take Tylenol when I got a headache or it's I'm going to I'm going to refuse surgery yeah. I'm because just that's pray and if God wants if God oil. wants me to, to, to have yeah. surgery yeah. then he'll do the surgery himself. <laughs> so where how
0: where is you that line?
1: God uses means. So the question is 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 technology like CRISPR a means by which God uh, provides healing or is it uh, somehow uh, different than a surgery or or something that's like 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 uh, an organ transplant or something like that. Right. You know, at what point do you draw the line and say this isn't medicine anymore? It's too much. Yeah, well, I but, think but it's my hard. line
4: is, is eugenics is is a a definite line to me. So how how to, would you define that? Uh, by designer uh, designing a baby according to you know certain specifications that you believe are uh, superior qualities. Right. And, and so it's, it's the almost that breeding for a particular outcome. Uh, to me, that crosses, crosses a line. It's not about a disease. It's about a, a building a superior race or what, what about the, what, what about a hybrid a human that, uh, where you Pig can get, chimeras. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but seriously, I, I mean, hadn't you ever wanted to fly? Absolutely. What, what, if, what if you could have wings? Wings, wings. You know? well, and why not? If you start into that kind of technology,
0: well, I think I think I'm in agreement with you, um, because I think again it goes back to now. Would you say that the eugenic side of things would be, um, you know, to find the Alzheimer's problem or define the no. to. And I'm agree with you. so I think that, I think it's, I think it's when when I'm trying to say I want these attributes in my child. I think it's a worldview
1: issue I don't think it's the technology I think it's the worldview so for instance if I were to say hey uh you, you could essentially modify two embryos exactly the same and have the outcome and I think I think one of them could be conceived in sin and one of them could not in the sense of uh the the child that is born may be identical but the question is what is the motivation of the person who modified that child is the motivation uh this child had some kind of sickness or illness or i'm doing this uh, for their benefit which could be good or is it or is there i think with eugenics there's a difference between um doing something for the well-being of the person and then doing something for to to Uh, create your vision of society whereas eugenics is like you know like for instance something like planned parenthood planned parenthood is modifying children in order to fulfill their vision of society now they're killing them when they do that but that's essentially what they're doing is they're modifying them so in that case they're murdering children and their vision of society is a racist vision of society which makes that whole organization inherently evil and their objectives evil Now, could there be an organization that says, hey, uh, we want to specialize in offering uh, parents that have a child with genetic defects of offering them gene therapy that's actually going to reverse their condition? Um, It's a pro-lock position. Is that inherently evil? I think yes, or I think no, it's not. But there is an argument to be made. For instance, what about people on the autism spectrum? Right. Do we say who gets to decide who has something wrong with them and who doesn't? Some, well, people make, some people some people make the argument that autism is not a disability, right
4: see that's the whole thing that there are people that are going to be these extremely brilliant they think of themselves that are capable of running people's lives, and they're going to use that technology to fulfill their vision of the way things ought to be. Because like you said, Ben, the worldview is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. And, and so like if you go to India and you've got a Hindu worldview, then you have a caste system so that the darker you are, the, the worse you are, the lower you are. And so if a parent had the capacity then to have mm-hmm. a child that would not be dark and, and, and exclude them, then they're going to choose that because that's going to be their worldview. So somebody's going to be in that dominant worldview, and it won't it be Christians. Well, I think, well, they already do that now with
1: abortion, right? right? Selective abortion based on gender. You find out it's a girl, you abort it. There's tons of countries, China, India, places do that, where the large percentage of abortions are girls because they, in their society, males are more valued than females. And so that, that's an example right there of eugenics of, I want to do that. Now, of course, you look at the statistics now, they're basically in a crisis where they don't have enough females. So then that that's a question is, is at what point do you do these things to play God? And it blows up in your face because there's factors that you're not considering.
0: Well, and I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems as though where we're kind of tearing on the line is from a, like I said, it's it's like a pro-life position in the sense of, um, you know, what will, and I understand the danger is what will enhance life. And I understand there's a danger in that, Mm -hmm. but I think the idea of the designer kid, as far as, run faster, jump higher, blue-eyed, blonde hair. That is where we see it as sinful as as opposed to, because that, that is not necessarily their hair color isn't connected to sin, but Alzheimer's trait is. Does that make sense? I think that's, would that be a, a good line? And I understand what y'all were saying is someone's going to decide what is what is truly a defect, but even then I don't see and I think how far that would go, because I don't think you would say that, uh, well, I, I understand maybe in that India situation, well, we want to make them white, you know,
2: I, I could see where that would be a, an issue. But I think another danger, too, is like as Christians in, in support of that, um, you really kind of undermine what has been our pro-life position for years, is that all life is valuable. You know, no matter if it is a baby with Down syndrome or or whatever it may be, we believe that it should be carried determined born because it's a life. Right. And <laughs> if you start traveling down that road of saying, Okay, well, we'll be able to correct these things, then the other side is gonna be like Oh, well, see, we told you. You know, that this is, you know, so people, you know They would if, accuse
1: us of th- saying the healthy person is more valuable well, than the person
2: with Well, down I think
0: things. there is a difference that one's being killed and one's not.
2: It's still a pro life position. Yeah, but I mean, I think it, is, it, it would just undermine the argument that we've but they, always said. But had. they would
0: say, if you're
1: pro-life, you're telling us not to pick and choose through abortion, but you're picking and choosing. choosing yeah, through, but there's
2: through a distinction.
0: We're 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 picking and choosing life. They're picking and choosing who dies. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But, I think but, yeah, but, a, yeah, there, yeah I think but we're we're
1: saying that there are different standards of life, though. We're saying yeah. that some people have a better life than others. Yeah.
4: So yeah, and, and so that if on that end of the spectrum, at the beginning point that you can do all these DNA modifications to help you know that, that child be healthy and so forth, what about when you get to the opposite end of the spectrum? what if you get to the place where no matter what kind of engineering you do, it, it's not going to fix it, okay? Now maybe they can fix it where you can live to be 120 or whatever. That's but, coming well, but, <laughs> but what what about that? if, if, if at the beginning, that life is not valued because it's simply life then at the end it's not going to be valued simply because it's life and and euthanasia would be the natural consequence because this is a def- this is now a defective person they weren't but they're now a defective person and we need to send them into a machine to get rid of them i don't so but I, yep.
0: I i still think there is a difference and and what i mean by that is is that we're not and i understand what you guys are saying but we're not defining humanity living and dying based on an illness. Right? We're not defining it. Mm, we're getting pretty close to it. But like for example, if 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 someone in my if somebody had cancer, well, I'm not gonna say, well, nope. If I try to if I try to let them find the cure for cancer, well, then I'm saying that their life is not valuable. That's not what we're saying. I'm wanting to see them healed. I'm wanting to see them uh, better, um, so that's that's what I'm saying. I, I I think it's completely different because I think if we take this position, well, you know, because my because this person has cancer, well, I don't want to try to get them a cure for cancer because now well, then people would view me as thinking they're less human because that's not that's not what we're arguing. So about.
1: then theologically, though, the question is. Um, if God wants this person to be healed from cancer, why are they not healed from cancer? Because exactly. he has the power to do it, unless you say that this technology is the means by which he provides that healing. And that's a tricky argument right. of, am I doing this as a, as a means of providing healing, or am I doing this to try to force God's hand in something that he has allowed to happen?
0: But as, he said, very, as you said, God's still in control. Right, yeah. so, so I
2: think it's like it, I guess the struggle that I have is just the idea of that genetic modification is like you're 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 going in and you're dabbling with something that really has never been dabbled with before, and as while we were talking, I was reading and just going through a couple of different articles on there, and you know and one of the warnings that I was reading there was like. They really have no clue like if you do something like this it may work to fix the problem but they don't know what that genetic modification will do 10 15 20 years down the road. Yeah, what about when they have children? Yeah. It's like I'm like,
1: legend. You, that's how you get zombies. Yeah. Well,
2: but I mean you think about it. It's like what if what if this <laughs> well, genetic modif- what if this genetic modification cures this disease but causes three others? Right. right. You know, or what if it cures it in you but it causes every child that you have in your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren to have Ten times the worse than you did, you know. It's like I think that's where the danger comes in. It's like yeah. in, in the modifying of DNA is just inherently different than than even taking you know chemo or taking a pill mm-hmm. or doing those things to treat the symptoms and to treat your your particular body. So you're, then it's just you're, you're dabbling with something that has a far more reaching effect. Than but just if on that the were the cure, I would still I would still be. That's what I'm saying if, yes. I just don't think that I could. So. I don't think I could go down that road.
4: Here's, here's Jesus talking to his disciples about a man born blind who sinned, right? The man mm-hmm. in vitro or his, his parents. Jesus, neither. But what? For the glory of God. God knew when that child entered the world blind that there was going to come a day that the son of God was going to come by and perform that dramatic miracle that now we have in the Word of God that has untold effect upon people's lives when they read it and study it. But that would have never happened if yeah. they would modified that kid's DNA.
0: Well, So and, what,
1: what if CRISPR is the mud on the blind man's eyes? Yeah.
3: See, well, that's what, go,
0: And, and I'm leaning more to towards about. that because, again, God is in
3: control. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about as I was listening to you guys talk is the incredible – Value that Scripture places on suffering, mm-hmm. and the all of this is about removing suffering from the human equation. That's a good point. And yet, the Scripture places so much value on entering into the sufferings of Christ for our spiritual maturity and for all the benefits that come from that, uh, according to the Word of God. And so. I don't so know, where is so was where just, is
0: that line drawn? that's Paul, the question because, like uh, right. Ben said early, like Ben said, and I'm in not this sure. position that we're y'all were talking about, it's like, well, then we shouldn't take any medicine.
2: We think about Paul and you know the thorn the thorn in the flesh, and depending on where you think that that is, you know, but a lot of people think that that was some kind of health condition that Paul had. And, you know, God said, no, he said, you're going to keep this because I'm using it for your glory. He needed, you know, he needed that in his life. Right, right, you know? right. and So if, if somebody come along and said, well, hey, Paul, it's like we can take you down here to Jerusalem and genetically modify your DNA and that thorn's going to go away, I think he would have been like, no, because yeah. God is using this purposefully in my life. Yeah. And I go back to the, the gentleman that Ben referred to at our church that, that's blind. You know, he, through his blindness... And through his understanding of the gospel and the way that it has transformed his life, I think has had such a powerful impact on our church body that I don't want to say that he wouldn't have not had a powerful impact had he not been blind, but I think it's that much more compounded of how much of an impact he's had because of the, the place that he's in. And the way that he views things, and the way that he demonstrates how God is working in his life. I mean, God uses his blindness as a way to minister to our congregation in a way that He doesn't yeah, use people right. that can see. Yeah. What do right.
3: you think about somebody like Johnny Erickson Tata? Yeah. yeah. Who's a, a confined to a wheelchair for mm-hmm. so many years, and yet God's given her a ministry, and she's touched so many lives uh, around the world yeah. through suffering.
4: Yeah. And her and her statement is, and I thought about this, Derek. God allows what He hates to accomplish what He loves.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: So when do we take medicine? <laughs> I mean, because all—I mean, that's where you know, if if someone were to get some a disease or or something, then our position as Christians is, well—they just need to suffer because that's what Scripture teaches.
3: No, that's not what I'm saying. But well, what, that's why I'm asking. Where's
0: that line? I'm wrong? not
3: saying that. I'm just saying that in this whole discussion. Oh, you know, I get you. Of rem- yeah. Removing suffering from it, we may be taking something out that God is
4: unintended consequence
2: that is God is allowing for our own good. But that's, I mean,
3: and that goes, like I said, that goes
0: back. Where is that line drawn?
2: Well, because I think what you're talking about is is not, you know, you know, taking medicine doesn't remove suffering. It can remove some of the pain of suffering, and it ultimately might cure it and take it away. But it's like you're still having to walk through that process. What you're talking about is an ultimate removal of any kind of suffering from the very beginning of life, so that that person never has to experience any kind of those of those things. You know, I, I struggle with depression, but I know that God uses that in my life to push me closer to Him. Right. You know, and and God has used that transformatively in a lot of areas of my life. Now, if my parents would have been able to say, "Okay, we're going to genetically modify his DNA so that he doesn't suffer from depression," I think I would have missed out on a lot of what God has taught me in my life through in the midst of that suffering.
1: I do think a, a lot of the issue, though, is an, is an internal issue. Um, I think in some ways we can't impose our, uh, our ethical framework for this issue on another person. And I don't mean that there's not absolute truth in this situation, but what I mean is is that it's a complex issue, and there's so many varieties of situations where it can be used that I think it's hard to just have a blanket position on every situation. For instance, in my case... Um, I have a form of color blindness. Now, my hope is not in genetic modification. My hope is in Christ. I know that one day I'll receive a glorified body that won't have whatever limitations and issues I have. It'll be exactly as God desires for it to be, and I'll experience things exactly the way that he wants to. At the same time, if you told me right now, we can put you in a machine or we can give you an injection or some kind of therapy that will permanently cure your colorblindness, I would absolutely do it. Right. Because it increases my quality of life. And I don't think it would be sinful for me to do That's that. Not
4: do you know that? What if five years from now, that very treatment caused something else?
1: But 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 again, I mean, you, you want to be educated about it. But there's a risk any time right. you do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I take too much Tylenol, my liver will shut down. You know, it's like. Um,
0: well, it's just like Trump just signed the, what's it called? The right to fight bill or something like that where where these like my aunt for example she she died of cancer, and there was several treatments out there that um she could that the fDA had not approved yet, but that they had seen very successful studies in, but she was not allowed to to do them but Trump just signed that thing if, if in in my aunt's case, I'm pretty confident that she would have pursued it i'm yeah. almost I'm almost' pot and the, and again, there is nothing sinful in that fact but you know because i think that's a that's a like a pro-life position now go ahead so what i'm saying is is internally
1: it's it's a question kind of like the same thing as a transhuman is an argument of can you use technology to modify your body i think it, again it's depending on on uh where is your hope where does your hope yeah. lie you know if i'm a, if i'm an amputee and i can receive a uh, a technology that allows me to to use a, a prosthesis and have a real sensation of feeling and, and be able to improve my quality of life I don't think there's anything sinful at all about a person doing that now if that's what their hope is in is that my my purpose and my value in life and my identity is in this thing then that's a problem it becomes an idol so if if CRISPR becomes an idol if my genetic purity becomes an idol if uh, some kind of uh, technology that I use becomes an idol, then that's really the issue. It's right. not
4: the thing itself. I think that's an You answer. know, um, man's is heart. That. It's an idol factory. Yes. I mean, like yeah. Yeah. There was a really great guy that said that. Who was that Dennis? Uh, John, uh, somebody,
0: MacArthur. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't John Calvin. He's the devil. But... Yeah, amen. But anyway, so I hope this has kind of stirred your thinking a little bit and, and you can go down this rabbit trail even further because CRISPR is even saying that, they can uh, reverse aging, but that's a uh, that's another. Well, topic. you can look at me and see that's that is definitely <laughs> not true. But uh, anyway, but uh, we would love to see your comments and and to love to hear your your thoughts on this because it is a difficult difficult subject. But the technology is coming. But um, anyway, have a good one. See you. You can continue the conversation online by
2: visiting us on Facebook at slash the number four horseman. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies
0: about the podcast. And be sure to subscribe and review.
3: They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech All impediment. Day. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than master the president. I see brothers coughing, so I hit them with the medicine. On the other side, they say their grass is greener. Seen the forecast, man, they're calling for Katrina.